listening to Fox Sports Radio. And off we go as the world of sports marches on with the white-hot intensity of a million suns. You know, last year at this time, all we had was the Brady-Tiger-Wits golf match, and even Brady haters watched it because it was all we had. But that was then, and this is now. We've got the NBA and NHL playoffs. Well, they're here. Hey, Tony Larusa, he's holding court. NFL minicamps are in full swing, and Las Vegas is smoking. And on that note, welcome back to another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas: The Weekend Adaptation. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios tonight. I want to do something no one else is doing. I'm going to give the New York Knicks top credit for their epic season, and when I give you the data, you'll see what I mean. In about 15 minutes, I'll be joined by a Fox Sports Radio legend and honorary man of the people. That would be Big Ben Mallard. He'll set the record straight on the Clippers-Lakers dynamic from someone who has spent his career in the belly of the beast. Later on, after Bruin Finley's update, I'm going to share a few odd NFL scheduling quirks, and I'm going to let you know which games the pros have fired on for week one. There's about five or six of them. And, of course, we close down the show with Mackinac Sports to stretch your mind and give you the kind of data you only find on this show. We'll look ahead to tomorrow's NBA playoff card and beyond. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They are a shared experience as such. People want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say, Capriol Kaprizov, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. You know, Hall of Fame NFL coach Don Shula, rest his soul, well, he once got a nice lesson in humility while vacationing with his family in northern Maine one summer. See, Don Shula, his wife, and his five kids Well, they decided they would take in a matinee movie one afternoon, and as they entered the theater, they noticed there were only three people in the entire building, and they were all down in the front row. But as soon as they they saw the uh, Shula clan enter, well, they all turned around, stood up, and cheered. And Don Shula's wife looked at him, and she was beaming and said, See, Don, no matter where you are or where you go, you're famous and everybody loves you. At precisely that moment, the guy in the front row yelled out, Hey, lady, we have no idea who the hell your husband is. All we know is they won't start the movie until there are at least 10 people in theater. Like I said, it was a lesson in humility, and humility often occurs when lofty expectations are met with a less-than-expected result. But what if there are no expectations? Which brings me to the New York Knicks and their incredible record-setting season by virtually every measurement now this show's called straight out of vegas and at its core we're a sports betting show but we certainly want to be more broad-based than that we want to be more eclectic than that but when you see betting numbers that i'm about to share with you based on the knicks performance you've got to take notice because what they did was historic now remember the knicks had no expectations when tom thibodeau took over and why would they but it's time to give credit where credit is due And as far as measuring the results for any sports team, well, you juxtapose them against expectations, and there's only one sure way to really do it. What you really need to do to get a better understanding of how much the Knicks overachieved is simply compare the season's results to how sportsbooks set the odds for their long-term season future. 
This is the most effective way to eliminate opinions and eliminate rooting interest and go strictly by what the numbers say. See, when the odds makers set lines, they don't care about the fans. They let the stats do the talking, and their goal is to get an even amount of wagers on both sides of the bet that they're releasing to the public. So let's unpack how the Knicks did this season. Again, by every metric, a phenomenal performance. Start out with against the spread. The Knicks had the best record against the spread this year, 49-22-1. By the way, if you blindly bet the Knicks every game this season, you covered 63.4% of the time. Absolutely unheard of. If you bet $100 a game, you would have a tidy profit of just under $1,800 in your bank account. Not only did the Knicks cover at 63%, they covered by an average of four points per game. Again, they were a betting cover machine the entire season. It didn't matter which way the line moved, if they were a favorite or a dog, the Knicks seemingly got the job done almost every single night. And not only did they have the best record against the spread in the entire NBA, but they also had the third best cover percentage over the last 30 seasons, and they really enjoyed or they joined some elite company. Now, over the last seven or eight years, the word Knicks and favorite were a complete oxymoron, but this year was different. Believe it or not, the Knicks were a favorite 27 times this year, and what do they do? They go 19-8 and eight against the spread, 71%, covering by an average of five points per game. Again, if you just simply bet the Knicks when they were a favorite, $100 a game, you'd be up just under $1,100. And by the way, not for nothing, they also thrived very much in their role as an underdog. Third best ATS record in the NBA as an underdog, 59%. They were 26-18-1, covering again by 3.5 points per game. So if you just bet the Knicks when they were a dog this year, well, $100 a game would have brought you back about $700. The Knicks actually had a three-week stretch, uh, 23 days to be exact, that provided an out-of-body experience to the point where you thought we were living in an alternate universe because the Knicks also strung together the longest cover streak of any team in the entire NBA season. Twelve straight covers. And in those games, they won nine of those contests outright. All right, how about the season win total? Here's another metric proving that the Knicks' performance was not only sensational, it was historic. So before the season, you know, you can bet on teams in every sport as to what their season over-under win total would be. For the Knicks, it was 23. They won 41 games. Now, last year, the Knicks finished the season with a measly 21-45 and 45 record, 66 games, good enough for a 12th-place finish in the Eastern Conference. Fast forward to this year. The NBA season was uh, scheduled to have 72 games, and the book set the Knicks' win total at 23 wins. A tiny improvement, I guess, from last year, but clearly nothing to take much notice about. By the way, there were only two other teams in the NBA that entered this season with lower win totals than the Knicks. That would be the Cleveland Cavaliers at 22.5 and the Oklahoma City Thunder at 22.5. Now, Cleveland and OKC, well, they finished with 22 and 21 wins, respectively. Now, their win totals were pretty much dead on with their actual season results in the under hit in both of those bets. The Knicks, meanwhile, not only eclipsed their win total by an astonishing 
17 games, 18 games, the over actually cashed on March 16th, almost two months before the regular season ended. From 12th place to 4th place in a single season. The Knicks continue to shock their fans, they shock the betters, and they shock the odds makers, clearly. How about another stat? Heading into the season, the Knicks' odds to make the playoffs were 20-1. to So $100 would bring you back 2000 if they made the playoffs. From strictly a numbers point of view, let's again, let's give this some perspective. 20 to 1 odds converts to about a 4.7% implied probability that the Knicks would make the playoffs. Essentially, that means the sports books gave the Knicks about a 95% chance to not make the playoffs. Now, if the season were played a thousand times, based on the odds, they'd be projected to not make the playoffs approximately 952 times. Not only did the Knicks make the postseason for the first time since Mello was there, they even secured home court advantage in the first round, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. So again, to put things in perspective, over the last five years, no team with 10 to 1 odds or higher to make the playoffs actually did before the Knicks did this past season. How about if you just bet the Knicks on the money line? 41 and 31 covering, cashing 58% of the time. Again, by an average of more than two and a half points per game. What does that mean? If you bet 100 a game on the money line, you would be up $2,100. The next best team in this stat were the Washington Wizards. And you would have cashed, you would have made about $900 more than if you'd done the same thing with the Washington Wizards. Now, I don't know that the average better, the casual better, is remotely aware of how astronomical and how otherworldly the Knicks were this season when it came to cashing for their backers. They had kind of a resurgence on their home court this season because they went 25-11 and 11 at home. Not bad. Madison Square Garden, if you've never been to a game, get there at the Garden. 25-11, and 11, 69%. By the way, that's the most profitable mark in the NBA. Again, about $500 greater than the next best team. You may have heard of them, the Golden State Warriors. Now, I'm not going to get too ahead of myself, but the Knicks do have home court advantage for at least the first round of the playoffs. Just keep in mind, when the playoffs start tomorrow and they host the Hawks, the Knicks are minus one, the world's most famous arena. Seriously, nothing like Madison Square Garden. It's going to be rocking. All right. Well, I guess it's a little too late to start spreading the news, but it's not too late to congratulate the Knicks on an incredibly epic performance when it comes to rewarding their believers. Frankly, the last time I can remember an automatic a team that was this automatic where Bill Walsh's 49ers around 89-90, that's, that's pretty good company. Just ask Don Shula. By the way, not for nothing. It's going to be a very interesting playoff series against the Hawks for a couple of reasons because somebody at the bet MGM – Bet 10000 uh, on the Atlanta Hawks to win the NBA championship. But they did it before the coach was fired. They were 501. So the Westgate could be out a million dollars if the Hawks win the title. Now, I don't think they are. I, I, like, the Knicks in, I like the Knicks in this first-round matchup in seven uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, I happen to think that Tom Thibodeau – is going to bring a defense into the playoffs like he did before, like he was when he was with Boston the last time they won it as their assistant coach. 
Uh, there's a ruggedness the Knicks can play with, and there's a reason they're the fourth-ranked defense. I'm an old Chuck Daly disciple. Start with a stop. Defense is what wins in the uh, NBA in the playoffs. When the heat gets hot and it's hard to breathe, you got to get stops down the stretch. It matters. Knicks, number four defense. Number one against the three-point shot, which is actually the Hawks' specialty. The Knicks only allow 33% from behind the arc uh, this season. Uh, I would also say this, that although the Hawks have a very good offense, a top-10 offense, they they run through Trey Young. And one of the things about the NBA playoffs, it can be very, very uh, uh, difficult for a, a young guy like a Trey Young making his first uh, NF, uh, NBA foray into the playoffs, and he's a scorer. And he's going to find the going a little rough. Uh, he's a little undersized. Not a lot, but... You just trust me, Tom Thibodeau is going to make life very hard for him. He's going to fluster him. Uh, he's going to blitz him. And so I think you're going to see a hard-fought series, a physical series, and at the end of the day, I like the Knicks in seven. Bottom line is, if you back the Knicks this year, good on you. It took a long time for the markets to catch up. I don't know if they ever did. But if you back the Knicks this year, then you've got a nice little bankroll heading into the rest of the betting year. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Coming up, a man who knows the Clipper-Laker dynamic better than anybody. And you hear him on these airwaves Sunday night through Thursday, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. I'm talking about the legend, the inimitable Big Ben Maller. Keep it locked. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, we're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We waste no time. Let's welcome in a gentleman. He needs no introduction. An inimitable man of the people. You hear him on these airwaves. Sunday through Thursday, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m., the irrepressible Ben Maller. Ben, thanks very much for making time tonight. Well, Bernie, it's, Bernie, it's great to be out with you. Let me, let me just point out, Bernie, you know, I, I'm not in my studio. I'm actually off the grid out in the middle of the desert here, not in Vegas, but I'm in a different location. So I apologize that I am merely calling you on the phone. But there are very few people, very few people I would interrupt my weekend for. But you, Bernie, are on the list. Appreciate that, buddy, and you sound great. Ben, let's dive right in. But before I get to the Clippers, I want to ask you a two-part question. Now, last year, it seems to me, do you, do you agree that LeBron benefited from his 120 days off and not having to travel in the bubble playoff? And secondly, because of that, do you think LeBron, without admitting it, sees it as a diminished championship, meaning that his Lakers have to win this year to validate the LeBron era? All right, so, A, you're absolutely right. This is what I've been saying. I've been barking into the microphone in the middle of the night over you know months and months here. Nobody benefited more than the Lakers last year. Anthony Davis, we, we know his M.O. He is brittle. 
even if you like Anthony Davis, the guy is, is made out of paper. He's paper mache. <laughs> and LeBron James had months and months to rest up his body before the playoff run. That's an unprecedented situation. We hope to never have that again. It only was possible because of the pandemic. And so, yes, I, I came out not with a list, but I had my seven players who have to rise up in the postseason. And LeBron was on that because that is a Mickey Mouse championship the Lakers won last year. And I know that bothers the historians, but that's a fact, Bernie. That championship is tarnished because of that. And we'll see. Now, LeBron's body has fallen apart two of the last three years. He's had major injuries. Anthony Davis is back to being injured. And so I I know that the people of America – are pulling for the Phoenix Suns for the first time since they had Charles Barkley a million years ago. <laughs> I remember that team very well. Uh, ben, explain to the folks, before we get to Game 1 today and then on to Tuesday, because for me, Game 1 in the history of the NBA playoffs is the least important game. I could cite many examples. Explain to the folks across the country, there's no one perhaps more qualified than you, the decades you have in Los Angeles, in the belly of the beast, understanding the dynamic between the Lakers and the Clippers, and the fact that the Clippers actually do have a lot more fans than people realize. Well, yeah, n- number one, there's this misunderstanding of the, the Clippers. There's a lot of the uh, the Laker historians that want to kick them out of L.A., and they don't belong in L.A. Clippers have been in L.A. since the, the mid-1980s. That's a long time ago. They've, they've, built, uh, you know, they've built something up here in L.A. They're going to have a new arena in Inglewood in a couple of years, which is going to be the Taj Mahal of arenas. Uh, but for, as, as far as me personally, Bernie, I, when I was growing up, I grew up in Southern California, and I gravitated to the Clippers, uh, you know, for, for several reasons. But uh, I, I supported them. They were terrible. And then I got into radio at the Mighty 690 in San Diego, and one of the gigs I was assigned to was to cover the Clippers. So that was like a dream come true, right? So they're terrible. And I spent much of my 20s at the L.A. Memorial Sports Arena, which no longer exists, which is like a, a toilet bowl uh, where they played their games. And so I was around the team a lot. I, I uh, liked a lot of the people that worked in the organization. There's only a few of them left that I know. And so I've always followed the, uh, the, the clips. And they've actually, in the last decade, they haven't won it yet. They're going to win a championship one of these days. But... They, uh, they have been one of the consistent playoff teams over the last 10 years, while the Lakers have not. Uh, the Lakers had some of the worst years in the history of that franchise over the last decade. You know, I remember those teams in the late 80s with Ben Jamin and uh, Gene Shu, and they played pretty good defense. Uh, and what I don't understand is why the Laker fan nation insists on treating the Clippers like a little brother. Speak to that. Well, it is... It is pure jealousy, Bernie. They are they're upset that the Clippers see this is one thing that the dynamic and I have preached on the microphone for some time about this. The Lakers represent Hollywood. A lot of the Laker fan base seems to think that's not the case. The Clippers, we we call them rightfully so the people's team because they they're not trying to get the Hollywood crowd out there. That's the Lakers. The Lakers are trying to appeal to the people that live west of the four oh five freeway and all that. The, the Clippers are more the working-class team. They're more affordable. You can afford, you know, not that anything's affordable in pro sports these days, but in comparison, you can get in there. And this drives uh, a large percentage of the Laker historians, uh, you know, baddie, they're very upset 
by that, and they're annoyed when we point it out. And you know, you, you would think the Laker uh, Laker crowd, you know, crowd would be okay in their own skin because they've had a lot of success over the years. But you can tell the Lakers uh, are bothered. Their historian base is bothered because the Clippers are a legitimate threat. And they would like to see the Clippers leave because they don't want any competition, which shows you how gutless that uh, that group is. <laughs> Talking with the great Ben Maller, a fixture here on Fox Sports Radio. And I remember, Ben, uh, check that, Ben. I'll try that again in English. I remember back in the day when you were with the Mighty 690, uh, the great blowtorch. And uh, even back then, you had a terrific following. All right, look. Today, they, they, they got beat by the Mavericks. Tuesday, they're a six-point favorite. Uh, had the Lakers and Clippers locked horns last year, that's really what I wanted to see. And, you know, the Lakers did get a championship, but they didn't have to go through the Clippers either. What do you think might have happened? And what do you think happens if they cross paths this year? Well, if the Clippers play the Lakers, then both they would have to meet in the Western Conference Finals. And by that point, I think the Clippers will have so much confidence that they're going to, to you know, take that to the next level. And I think they match up well. They've beaten up the Lakers pretty good. Over over the years, uh, recent years, and even with LeBron, I mean, this year the, the Clippers did very well. So I I like them uh, in that in that matchup. I hope we get to that particular point, and it's a uh, a long road ahead. But uh, I I like the the Clips in that scenario. Assuming uh, obviously they got to get by the Mavericks, which I believe they will by the time the series ends, and then you, you'll take on whoever you take on in the second round, probably the Utah Jazz, and then we'll. We'll see what happens. So they switch from Doc Rivers to Ty Lue. It feels like Paul George is is a bit on a mission this year. You might not have noticed that today, but what are your thoughts? Take us behind the curtain and the desire this team does have to win a championship of their own in Los Angeles, Ben. Well, listen, they picked the, first of all, Bernie, they picked their path, right? They uh, this, is, this is a team that's done everything Kawhi Leonard wants done. They've bent over backwards. Kawhi's pretty much calling the shots behind the scenes and they had to they had to get rid of somebody last year. It was such a, an embarrassing, spineless performance against the Nuggets when they had the Nuggets beat and uh, they kept yeah. blowing leads up. And so they somebody had to, to walk the plank and that turned out to be Doc Rivers. I don't I don't think you know, coaching is all that huge. I think there's only a few coaches in the NBA that really matter. I think most of these guys are just figureheads and I don't think Ty Lue is on that special list. So it's really what Kawhi Leonard wants. Kawhi Leonard was okay with this. This is the guy that he wanted. Uh, you know, as far as Paul George, you know, he is—he's the guy that's on on notice here. He's got to play better. And uh, you know, this this game one uh, situation. I know a lot of people are uh, shocked that it's not a single elimination based on some of the reaction I'm hearing. They seem to think it's a single elimination, but but no. I mean, these, there's so many variables, as you know, Bernie. Uh, you know, gambling in particular, the end of games. Most of these playoff games are dead even. This Clipper Maverick game was tied at 100 with right. three minutes and three minutes and 12 seconds to go, Bernie. And you know, it was the supporting actors for the Mavericks that played better in the final three minutes and, and 12 seconds. Then you know, the Clippers had Kawhi and Paul George. And these guys miss a bunch of shots, so they—they uh, they, I think uh, Batum, Paul George, and Kawhi all missed two shots 
while the, the not the backups, but the other guys other than Luca. And that's one of my bad teams, Bernie. Let me just let me rant for a second here. Go ahead. You know, the, you know when the when the legend becomes the fact, you go with the legend, and everyone's all excited about the, the box score readers about Luka Doncic. But that game was tied at 100, as I said, 312 to go. You know how many points Luka Doncic scored when the Mavericks outscored the Clippers 13-3? to As many as you scored and I scored, Bernie. He didn't score any. So I don't want to hear about Luka Doncic this, Luka Doncic that. Somebody else can go lick his toes. The Mavericks won that game with other guys. Wrapping it up with Ben Maller, my man, we've only got about 30 seconds. I wish we had more time. And, by the way, you are correct. They had the Nuggets down three games to one last year. How they lost game seven by 15, I'll never know. Going to make it a little – I'll tell you what. Let's just do this. Let's just cut to the chase. How far do the Clippers go this year, Ben? Well, I'm going to the NBA Finals. Uh, and they're going to you know, play Brooklyn in the NBA Finals. I, I am a distant relative of Nostradamus and friend of Nostradamus, <laughs> Bernie. So – you can thank I, I I've not gotten any of my predictions wrong this year in the NBA, so I am perfect so far in my NBA prediction. By the way, you can not only catch Ben Sunday through Thursday from 11p to 3 a.m. Catch his podcast, The Fifth Hour, with David Gascon and Benny versus the Penny, a couple of extremely entertaining podcasts. Ben, can't thank you enough. Hold it down in the desert out there. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. All right, thanks, Bernie. That is Ben Maller, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, as you can see, he is a Clipper backer. Ben's been around a long time. He uh, sees things for what they are, and I would just say this. If we can just get old Ben to get over his shyness, I think he's going to be just fine. Coming up, you know, NFL schedules are out. Pros are starting to fire on some of those games week one. I will tell you, we have 15 weeks until the NFL kicks off, but it always has a way of staying in the news. And by the way, is Las Vegas about to get a new baseball team? I'm going to tell you what's happening there. But first, let's go to the man. He's a sage among sages. When asked the other day if he thought LeBron would be suspended for his off-court activities, he simply said, no shot. See what I did there? It's Bruin Finley with the latest. Thank you so much, Birdie. And by the way, great interview with Ben. It's it's nice to hear that he treated that session like, like therapy after his Clippers lost. You could hear it in the tone of his voice. A day one of the NBA playoffs came to fruition on Saturday. The composed six-seeded Trailblazers traumatized the Nuggets 123-109. to Damian Lillard had 34 points, 13 assists. He went 9 of 9 from the free throw line and Portland nailed 19 three-pointers. The Celtics the, excuse me, the Nets weave by the Celtics 104 to 93. Kevin Durant 32 points and 12 rebounds. The Mavericks stare down the Clippers 113 to 103. LA 11 for 40 from beyond the arc. The Bucks evade the Heat 109 to 107 in overtime. Chris Middleton rising up from mid range, connecting with 0.5 of a second on the clock. The NHL continuing its first round of the playoffs. The Golden Knights deck the Wild 4 nothing to go in front three games to one. The Maple Leafs soil the Canadians 5-1 to one to level it at one game. The Islanders pacify the Penguins 4-1. They're tied at two overall. The Lightning wrangle the Panthers 6-2. Tampa is up 3-1 in that series. In baseball, the Athletics subdue the Angels 6-2. The free-falling Halos recoil to eight and a half games back of the AL West leading Oakland. 
The Padres staple the Mariners 6-4. San Diego flashes the best record in baseball at 28-17, having won 11 of 12. The Rays are winning in bunches too, nine straight after decoding the Blue Jays 3-1. The Dodgers 7 W's in a row after teaching the Giants a lesson, 6-3 a final. The Cardinals sideswipe the Cubs 2-1. Yadier Molina poked the go-ahead solo home run. And finally, 50-year-old Phil Mickelson carding a 270 on Saturday, seizing a one-stroke advantage over Brooks Kepka heading into Sunday's final round of the PGA Championship. Now let's bounce the microphone back to a man who's got Kepka's looks and Mickelson's love of wagering. It's Bernie Fratto, the go-to choice on the Vegas sports betting circuit. Ah, the dulcet tones of the silver-tongued devil, <laughs> Bruin Finley. Catch him on his new reality show, A Shot at Love with Tila Tequila, starring LeBron James. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, there's a rumor out there. Thanks, Brian. Uh, the Oakland A's, are they coming to Vegas? Well, uh, they sent some representatives this week to check the place out. But before we get too excited, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. Remember, the A's still have an obligation to the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum through 2024. And in addition to looking at Las Vegas, they're also uh, – and Rob Manfred has given them the go-ahead and the blessing that if they don't get their new stadium to find a new home, uh, Charlotte's in the mix, Nashville's in the mix, Montreal, Vancouver, and even Portland. So let's let this play out. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but then again, you never know. Now, the NBA, that's a horse of a different color. I am hearing from my peeps and moles that Adam Silver is exploring ways to make up that delta for all the revenue that was lost due to COVID, among other things. And, uh, expansion is very much in the mix. And the two top cities that I'm hearing that the NBA would expand to, Seattle, and as you recall, they had the Supersonics, a very successful team. I even went to a game at the Kingdom once, saw Tom Chambers and company play, a crowd of 34,000 people, the great city of Seattle. Love it up there. I don't particularly care for Black Hook beer or Red Hook beer. I don't know how you drink that stuff. It's like castor oil. But be that as it may, great city. And I'm sure they would do very well with an NBA team to go along with the Seattle Crack and their NHL team. Vegas is also in top two in the list for a potential NBA team. And we've got arenas for that. We don't have a baseball stadium uh, that could house a major league team. And it would probably have to be a dome or retractable given our, you know, our winter or our summers here. But you, you can't rule out the fact that we could actually have an NBA team in Vegas before we have a baseball team. Uh, but I'm also hearing that it's not just Seattle uh, and Las Vegas. They're also looking at Louisville, Kentucky, and possibly Kansas City, Missouri. But I digress. NFL schedules are out. We're starting to find some quirks. And one of the things that stuck out was, you know, travel is a big thing in the NFL. And which team will be traveling the most earning the most frequent flyer miles this year? Yes, your San Francisco 49ers. They will travel 28,000 miles this year, more than anybody uh, in the National Football League. And they also have a brutal Thursday travel game at Tennessee. That's not supposed to happen. Uh, That's the longest Thursday travel of the year. By the way, the Niners open up at Detroit week one. They are a seven-point favorite on the road, and it's my understanding some respected bettors that I know have already grabbed the points in the home dog 
A lot of people might hate the Lions, but they might you might be getting real value week one. I just think the Niners are going to be expensive this year. Made a big splash with Trey Lance. I think they're an outstanding team if they can stay healthy. They are on the short list to go to the Super Bowl, but they're going to be expensive. You're going to pay a tax on the Niners this year. The public will be all over the Niners. And look, the, the, the bottom line is this. Uh, week one, you don't know what you get a lot of times until they seven points on the road in National Football League game when everybody's reasonably healthy and hope springs eternal. You're going to get an effort out of the Lions. Trust me. Uh, they could hang that number. The Steelers catching six and a half at Buffalo. Hey, the pros are on the Steelers as well. As great as Buffalo quarterback Josh Allen has been, he's a mediocre 8-7 and seven against the spread as a home favorite. And meanwhile, Steelers coach Mike Tomlin, he grades out very strongly 40-21 and 21 against the spread as an underdog. I think Pittsburgh's defense will be above average, and I'm really looking forward to see what Najee Harris can do, their new running back out of Alabama. And although Ben Roethlisberger isn't getting any younger, he should be effective. One other game, the Seahawks catching two and a half at the Colts. As one better told me that I respect a lot, give me the chance to bet on Russell Wilson as an underdog, and I'm all over it. Wilson 23-10 and 10 against the number as a dog, and you would be about a 35% return on investment if you were able to bet him, Russell Wilson, as a dog every one of his games. Now, Carson Wentz is somewhat familiar with Frank Reich as his new head coach in their system because they spent years in Philadelphia. But the Colts will have the distinction of having a different week one starter at you know behind center now for the fifth year in a row. And, you know, he's going to have a very limited amount of time to build rapport with his receivers. From here on out, over the next 15 weeks until the NFL kicks off Tampa Bay, Dallas on Thursday, September 9th, we're going to talk a little bit of NFL and as we find bets, openings, uh, tips that I think are worth passing along on Will. And there's at least one or two notable, what I would call, scheduling quirks that we can talk about every week that you might find interesting. Hey, enjoy spa-like comfort and save big on your water bill with a Navian tankless water heater. Go tankless with Navian. You can save hundreds on a new Navian tankless water heater with local rebates. Visit tanklessmadesimple.com. Coming up, you know them, you love them, you can't live without them. Mackinac Sports with McKenzie Rivers. We're going to look ahead to this NBA card tomorrow, Monday and Tuesday. And I don't know about you. But including the playing games, I am absolutely enjoying the playoffs, the NBA playoffs so far, and so are the sports books in Las Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live. From the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. And before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. That would be Brian Finley, Chris Perfett, and of course, Bull Benson. All right, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. It's that time of the night. We go to Mackenzie Rivers for Mackinac Sports. And Mackenzie, uh, I'm sure, uh, like like me, you are enjoying the NBA playoffs. 
but it's not always easy, full disclosure. I gave back my profits today because I got cute and played the second half over in the uh, Brooklyn-Boston game, but we don't really need to spend much time on that. Let's look ahead. Lakers catching three at Phoenix tomorrow. What are your thoughts? Like you said, I am loving the NBA playoffs. Sat back today, cracked open a cold one and watched, you know, about six hours of basketball. Maybe two cold ones. And here's the thing. The best players play like 90% of the game. That's awesome. That should be like the goal of the NBA. If the NBA wanted to shorten games to 30 minutes and have more games but less less time on the court, I think that'd be a great decision. I don't think anyone is like me wanting to make major changes to the sport. But it's awesome. Giannis played, you know up and down for 45 minutes and you got to see you got to see it all you got to see him miss free throws in the clutch you got to see him make incredible <laughs> you know fast break plays but talking about this Lakers game we're going to see the best players but are they at their best LeBron James I'm hearing I mean I'm not hearing but I'm reading that there are some there's some real worries about his injury health and if you look at the line in this series from minus 300 at open to like minus 150 right now it's very curious what also is curious is that the Lakers are three-point dogs in Game 1, despite being favored for the series, more than home court advantage would imply. I think it's a lot like one other series in history. 2018, the Rockets were slight underdogs in Game 1, but huge underdogs in the series in the Western Conference Finals versus the Warriors. And I think it's a similar situation. The defending champions, the market believes, Games 5, 6, and 7 will find a way to get it done, even if they're not the best team right now at this moment. A couple of things. Historically, LeBron's teams sometimes don't win Game 1. So tomorrow, you know, they've got to sort of shake off the cobwebs a bit. Look, a high ankle sprain is a 10-week injury. So you're right. We really don't know until he takes the floor, but this is going to be a a two-month gauntlet. And the Lakers are currently minus 150, which is about a 60% probability that they win this series. Don't think it's a good matchup for Phoenix. I really like the Phoenix Suns a lot. Don't think it's a good matchup. Let's move along. The Washington Wizards entered the tournament, uh, McKenzie. Uh, they got there under 500 and just so for what it's worth not for nothing the last 30 teams to enter the nba playoffs with an under 500 record 0 and 30 in their mm. playoff round so <laughs> but but full disclosure i grabbed the uh, wizards plus eight tomorrow i think they're gonna you're gonna get an f out of them tomorrow I'm kind of feeling that same direction here's the thing about the wizards they accomplished their goal for the season middle of winter they were, you know, one of the worst teams in the league. They had one of the worst COVID problems throughout the uh, throughout the season. Westbrook wasn't integrated. This is like their dream scenario, getting to this point. Now they're kind of playing with house money. We saw. I mean, I think it's a similar situation with similar situation with the Nuggets. They know that they're not going to win a championship without Murray. So, you know, they they've had an excellent season, and I think in the first half. I think they can probably, you know, surprise the uh, a rusty Sixers team. I mean, that, that's the way I would look. If I was going to play the game, Sixers, I mean, a Wizards first half plus the four would be the way I'd be looking. All right, let's move along. Uh, the Grizzlies now. Some folks were lamenting, "Oh, we don't get to see Steph this year." Okay, we just saw him twice in the last forty-eight hours. If you can't get in through the playoff round, let me just cut to the chase, dude. I'm loving Jaw Morant. John Morant is a dog, and even Grayson no Allen stepped up, and Dylan Brooks out of Oregon. All right, Grizz plus 8.5 tomorrow against Utah. Break that down, then we'll get to your best bet. 
I think the Grizzlies are a live dog. Donovan Mitchell, the Jazz shooting guard, scored 35 a game in last year's playoff, and they still lost in a tough series to the Nuggets. He's not right. He's not going to be there for game one. Grizzlies, I think, have a chance to, to steal this series, even another team playing with house money. All right, good stuff, McKenzie. Let's get to your best bet tomorrow in a team that I actually think can win a playoff series, the New York Knicks. Well, if you listen to the beginning of this show, you'll have some of the reasons why my best bet tomorrow is New York Knicks plus the one and a half. You broke it down. Number one ATS team in the league. The market never caught up with them. And I like the more I dive into it, I like this matchup and I like this game especially. The Knicks just expanded their fan capacity by 7x from about two, one and a half, two thousand to now 15,000 Mark Stein's reports. I love that. I love the energy in the building. We saw the Nets today and the Celtics say it was hard to shoot because I wasn't used to 10,000 fans yelling. So <laughs> I like I like the Knicks defense to step it up. Trey Young is, I don't think, ready for a playoff moment yet. They were 0-3 against this team, against the spread too. The Hawks were against the Knicks. I like the matchup the more I dive into it. I think especially early in this series, the Knicks are going to have a huge advantage with that home court. All right, good stuff, McKenzie, as always. We'll do it again next week. So your best bet is the Knicks plus one and a half tomorrow against the Hawks. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I want to thank Big Ben Mallard for joining us and uh, follow his prediction that the Clippers will be in the conference finals. I'm Bernie Fratto. Next up, the man from Nashville who brings us strong. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. It is time for the Jason Martin Show. Right out of Vegas!